Welcome to the Extra Pass podcast presented by Melbourne United. I'm your host, Ben Hopkins, joined as always by my co-host, Adam Ballinger. Balls, how are you this morning? Or this afternoon, actually? Yeah, I'm all right. Uh, I always think I should say something cool here when you throw to me, but I don't have anything yet other than just good to be here uh, on the pod again. What's the coolest thing you think you could say? Oh, I don't have to research that. I, I don't know. It's probably a movie quote or something like a deep reference. Yeah, well, we already know you like you couldn't drop like like you couldn't ollie. So no, 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 no. I wouldn't skate. Well, I like skateboarding, but no, I've never ollied. Mm. Well, one person I'd love to find out if they could ever ollie is our guest today. It's Melbourne United assistant coach Reese Carter. Reese, could you ever ollie? Absolutely not. Terrible <laughs> skateboarder. Had a skateboard as a kid, but was terrible. Yeah, I was I was useless. I had a ripstick. Do you guys remember? Oh, you you're both probably too old yeah, for ripsticks. Rip sticks. Hey, ripsticks are yes, yes, I was. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had one of them and was also uh, pretty useless on that as well. Uh, Reese, it's great to have you in. Um, obviously, we're sort of just gotten through a lot of training camp this week. Um, it's been pretty exciting having a lot of high quality guys in. Can you can you take us through what the last few days have been like? Yeah, it's been great getting everyone in. Uh, obviously, a lot of new guys. A um, couple of really good sessions on the floor. Uh, I think a lot of people have seen in, in the media, we had a few of the NBA guys, the Boomers guys in, uh, which just raised the level of training on Wednesday. Um, yeah, good good little social outing. Went and uh, did a little golf activity on Wednesday afternoon after practice. Uh, a little get to know you with, with some of the new guys, get them together, get uh, everyone in the same room, just having some fun. Uh, so that was great. And um, yeah, another, another sort of training and a little meeting today just to kind of discuss how we do things uh expectations for the year uh and then just getting to know everyone on a on court and off court sort of level so it's been great just you know good people we wanted to recruit good people you get them in first week we know we have um tick that box straight away so um great group of guys everyone wants to work you know the level's been at a really high level intensity during the week and, and guys are picking up our stuff already so really really pleased can you take us through who are the golf studs who are the golf duds uh, Shilly and, and CG are the golfers. They're the guns. Um, Ariel wanted to carry my clubs in to look like a golfer. So there's a photo of him carrying a set of clubs. But as soon as he picked one up, there was no chance he was a golfer. So he was, he was my partner in the putting. And I was terrible too, to be honest. But he was bad. He's, he's lucky he's an unbelievable basketball player. Was it just putting or was it a hole? We had uh, the driving range set up to a, a nearest to pin, so the tracker is on the, oh, on the driving nice. range, so you can see on the on the screen behind you how close to the pin. We had a marker out there to hit out in the driving range, and we had a nearest to pin. Uh, Shay won that 33 centimetres from 150-metre par wow. three hole. Chris was at 48 centimetres. Oh, Chris would have been flat. Yeah, and I... I suppose I better mention I was third, 1.8 nice. meters, uh, I guess. He's an athlete. He's uh, an athlete. Yeah. Not just a basketball brain. player. He, he, I, I wouldn't say all-round athlete. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he can do a little bit of everything. Yeah, no, neither would I. But Any <laughs> long drivers? Did you go uh, We got the drivers out and smacked a few. Um, a couple of boys could do that a bit more, just yeah. whack it. But, yeah, uh, yeah it was it was a good fun day. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's so exciting. I think we've discussed previously on the podcast that I'm useless at golf and balls, similarly useless. Yeah, I just can't. I can't stick with it past a few holes. I like the idea of it being out with, uh, you know, outside for four hours with uh, some other guys just hanging out. But I'm probably a better caddy than I would be a, a golfer. Yeah, and uh, just bring it back to some of the play on the court. Obviously, one of the big things you mentioned was having those boomers guys in. Can you take us through a bit about what that's like as a coach, and especially when you're you're getting to know a new team, just having four elite level guys, four NBA athletes come in and and really lift the standard of the of the session yeah it tests you because you know they were 
huge, long, athletic, um, and they, they switched everything. And so we're trying to get through new offense for some of our new guys. We just put in a basic, you know, system, our basic sort of continuity system. And, and guys were trying to pick that up. And then it's like, all right, switch, switch, switch. They're in the lanes and taking away every advantage. Uh, and so we had to kind of, um, you know, really try and test what we could teach and what we could get the guys to do. And I think some of them did a really good job. There was times like, you know, those guys won a lot of games, but we also um, had some really, really good battles and our guys got the better of them, you know, on a lot of occasions. So um, a great test, like week one, here's our system and go and do it against an NBA team basically. So um, yeah, guys did really well. Like I said, it was, it was a great challenge and just a really good way to start off our preseason. Yeah. And one of the guys I was really impressed by, especially his just ability in that setting to be able to get down the stance, defend and, and still do what he was doing is one of our new development players, Campbell Blog, obviously a, a favourite of yours, someone you're very familiar with. Um, he was with us last year as a training player. He's been with you at Sandy, at Sandringham Sabres. You know, there's a bit of a Sabres feel to the group, especially with a couple of training guys coming in and Tommy Coppins and Joel Foxwell. You know, talk us through what you've seen from Campbell and I guess what it's like to have that connection between Sandy and Melbourne United. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, it helps him because we run a lot of similar things. We're probably 80% of what we do at Sandy is is what we do here. So um, Barlow and I, um, obviously the coaching staff and, and um, yeah, we use a lot of our stuff. So we, we get, you know, six months of the off season for have a couple of our guys playing down there and to, you know, learn the system, you know, really get familiar. And, and that helps, you know, in times like, you know, yes, yesterday, Wednesday's training when, um, you know, to be able to have counters, to be able to have, you know, just a real feel for the offense. And so he's come in with probably a head start um, on some of the other guys that have come in fresh. Um, but yeah, he's a kid that's, um, he's just a worker. Um, he didn't make state teams. He didn't make, you know, Sandringham, he was in the 18 twos. He didn't, you know, he wasn't a big recruit. He was going to go to a small junior college in the middle of North Dakota last year. And, and we talked him out of it on the Friday. He was going to fly on the Monday and we talked him into staying and training with us because we love what he was doing. And, um, and he's kept that attitude of the little, the underdog kind of hard worker. He's going to grind it out, but, but his skill package is, is really great. So now he's been good. Um, some of the young, young guys that have come in fresh, you know, the Flynn and Tanner and oh, Tanner's not as young anymore, but um, Flynn and, and KB has been huge. Um, so yeah, the young talent we have, um, yeah, really exciting. Yeah. Balls, you know, you wouldn't recommend someone go out in the middle of North Dakota. Is that, were you ever frequenting those areas? Well, I was, you know, from Indiana. So grew up in Indiana where you get a lot of snow and then went to Michigan state where you get a lot more snow, but the cultural difference of coming from here, even though in the winter it gets a little cold, but nothing like, you know, North Dakota is like, you know, feet of snow. You'll be inside for a month. Yeah, I, I never spent much time in North Dakota, but it would be a tough thing to do, especially if you're leaving a place like Melbourne United that once you're around to go there and kind of, uh, I don't know, you're kind of, it depends on what situation you're in, but a lot of times it's a coach who's looking to move up and he's, he's uh, oh, crazy probably, may, may not be the right word, but uh, it's close enough that I can get uh, to describe the coaches over there. And it's even at those small schools, like every coach is trying to move up and there's just so much pressure on them. And um, I'd say he made the right choice. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it says a lot. We talk about the development player programs. I mean, balls, obviously, we played together. But back in those days, the development player was like the local kid that could train that was a yeah. good enough level that could fill the numbers of training. <laughs> you know, close and didn't need any money. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> and so now the development player, you know, um, 
program is is huge. Like we can have a guy like that. He was going to a junior college to hope to get into a D1 or 2 college after a year or two to transfer, to have two years there to come back and hopefully get a DP spot as a 22-year-old. It's like you just put yourself in this building. He just turned up every day. Obviously, he wasn't contracted with us. He just turned up every day, worked at a pizza shop in the afternoons and nights <laughs> to, to get by and has put himself in a position where he's now got a full development contract and he's on our roster. And, you know, like it's a um, it just shows that just being in an environment like this is, you know, it used to be that, oh, you got to go to college and you come back a better player and you'll be ready for the NBL. Well, now you can just be, you know, training squad development player and um, and just putting yourself in a professional environment. It's just sometimes is the best thing, not for everyone, but in a lot of cases it is. Yeah, I find it so interesting to look around our team and, and even to look around the league and just see all the different pathways and the different journeys that people have taken. And uh, obviously you had your own journey throughout um, professional basketball and we'll get into a little bit more about that after the break. Melbourne United memberships are on sale now. Lock in your seat for the most exciting show in Australian sport and guarantee you're there for every highlight across next season. To find out more, go to membership.melbourneutd.com.au. And we're back on the Extra Pass podcast presented by Melbourne United with Melbourne United assistant coach, Reese Carter. Reese, we sort of touched on it a little bit before the break, the different journeys people take throughout their career. Obviously, you had a, a long professional career, um, started pretty young, and it took you to a lot of places. Um, I think when I had a look, it was 21 different teams, if you're counting Siebel and things like that. And can you can you take me through a bit about the journey you had on your career? Yeah, I think... Firstly, I get that a lot. Like people are like, wow, you had such a long career. It's like, well, I guess that's good. Like people usually describe, oh, you had a great career. It was just, <laughs> it was just long. So um, long and average. But um, yeah, I did Long get, and solid, I would say. Solid, I'll take that. Yeah, um, yeah I did get to see a lot and do a lot. And in the end, I'm kind of like, well, it would have been cool to do 10 years at a club and all that. But like I lived in five countries and like nine cities and like just got to – you know, see the world essentially, like ended up just really having a classic journeyman career, you know, like uh, started out 18 years old out of the AIS and came down to the Victoria Giants uh, where I met up with your good co-host Balls here. And we, um, <laughs> we had a, uh, well, we had a season together. Let's yeah. not put adjectives yeah, to it. It was memorable. a season. It was, yeah, yeah, solid. <laughs> not with the wins, but uh, it was funny. Like when I got out here, so you would have been, you would have been 18 then? I was 19. That was my second was 19. season. Yeah, yeah, it was your second season. I didn't know anything about NBL, nothing about what was going on. Was it your first season here? Yeah, it was my first season. I didn't even know where Melbourne was Just a yet. couple of rookies. <laughs> I showed yeah. up. Um, but it was a good – I mean, they were. it was young guys. We, we had some fun together, and um, then we met back up again. We kind of crossed paths a lot during both of our careers. Yeah, back in uh, Adelaide. Adelaide. What was it eight, nine years later? Yeah. Uh, another season together there, so – yeah, and here we are again. Take yeah, three. Know. You can't get rid of him. Can't. Can't shake him. <laughs> well, destiny. Yeah. This giant sticking together. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We've got Nathan Croswell in the building <laughs> yeah, now too. Three. He was at the Giants with three us. Liberty so. Giants. Yep. Um, and we, we talked a bit to Chris last week. He, he sort of shed some light on balls as a, as a personality because like we said, he's a, he's a bit of an enigma off the court. You know, people know about him getting buckets on the court, but off the court, he's, he's a bit of a mystery. Can you can you share with us any any good or any interesting ball stories? Because we're just sort of trying to just shed shed a bit of light it's on the two, great man. No, two weeks in a row we're doing this. We make lose lose some balls. You love listeners. it. No, no, it's, it's good. 
Paul's first weekend in the country. So he's oh, 21, 22 out of college, fresh rookie. Like he's, he's a new guy. And we'd been, most of us stayed on the team from the year before, probably six, seven guys came back. And so we knew each other. We're like, you had the two or three new guys and bring them around to one of the guy's houses. And we'll just um, very wisely, <laughs> very drink wisely, just like one or two um, quiet <laughs> drinks just to get to know each other. And um, Balls got talking about, oh, I'm from Indiana, and, you know, we, we're tough down there. We're like, oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Trying try to claim how tough he was. It was like, we're like, you're like the nicest guy we've ever met. You're not like a fighter. And he's like, well, then slap me. Slap me. <laughs> and he had guys, Balls has got guys like lining up, like slapping him across the face to show that he could take a hit. <laughs> and so we're like, hey, you know what? we got a new guy. He's crazy, <laughs> but he seems good fun. I was looking to make a good impression, and we'd had a couple of sprites and – it was it was fun. I mean, it's a good story, uh, but yeah, you know, it was, I, don't know, I was trying to. I, I, you want to say you want to hit me? Slap me sounds a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was saying hit me. Yeah, it was. It, it, it might have been hit me, but it turned out being an open uh, hand slap. And you took it. And you, you impressed yeah, yeah, yeah. us. You impressed the boys. A, yeah, it was a good start to the friendship, I guess. Did you come home after that thinking like this is the best thing I could have done? Like that night? Yeah. Yeah, eventually I made it home that night. Um, no, my face didn't still hurt or anything like that. Um, but it was it was a long, it was it was a fun night. It was probably my first weekend out here. Um, yeah, Australian guys are a lot of fun. <laughs> That's an understatement. But um, <laughs> I guess what what were your thoughts on Reese coming in? Because obviously Reese had made a bit of a name for himself uh, as a sort of a street ball legend in Australia. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know. Well, I saw wow. him I, before I got out here. I saw him on all the mixtapes. Um, no, I didn't. So obviously didn't know anything about him when he got out here. But he was him and uh, Brad Robbins. You guys were about the same age, right? Roughly, yeah. yeah. And you would have just finished. Didn't you win the? You won a world championship. Yeah, under nineteens. Yeah, right in that off season. Yeah. So I heard a lot about that. How he won a world championship and the, their teammates there. And um, he wouldn't stop talking about it. No, it wasn't him talking about it. He doesn't <laughs> talk himself up very much. Um, but uh, you know, it was it was you know everyone's just trying to find where they fit in on a team, um, and you know it was uh, I don't know because you're not winning as much. It can be tough with you know playing time and you know trying to do the right thing, and it was uh, it, like it was an up and down season, I'd say. But um, yeah, like I said, it was more of the off the court stuff, like just a good teammate and good guy to be around. Well, that's what you want to hear, and obviously you, you would have battled against each other, obviously played against each other. Again, nine years later in Adelaide, but battled against each other a fair bit in the league. Intermittently, can you can you talk a bit about each other as as uh, oppositions as a, as competitors? Uh, Re- crafty. Reese is very crafty on the court. Oh, he said he had all the uh, and one moves, um, and they bled into his game a little bit. I'd say, like he had a. I think we're going to talk about this later, but he had a little jump hook, which is rare. Uh, actually. Full Not sky a hook. jump hook, sky hook. Full sky hook. Sky hook. Full which, sky hook. <laughs> you know, more people should use that shot. You can't block it. Um, but just like we said, you know, he had a long career because he was on the court and he he just kind of had to do what was needed. If it was the scoring, he could do that. If guys needed the ball, he could do that. Defensively, he was a tough-minded guy. So, uh, you know, I think everybody who played with him was happy to have him as a teammate. Well, that actually, yeah, as you said, bleeds into a mailbag question from Diane. We got saying, Reese, you were known for the skyhook, but what other signature moves would you have liked to have in your package? Ooh. We had yeah. a signature dunk. 
I did warm-ups. Yeah. <laughs> not many games. Well, I didn't need, I can't talk too much about that, but he had a it was a one-handed 360 or reverse? We'll call it a 360. Yeah. It was probably about a 210. Yeah. Because yeah. I'd cheat on the first step and then yeah, not quite get all the way around. That. But that You're was, already halfway my, around by yeah. the time you're taking up. That was the warm-up go-to every game in the warm-ups. But yeah, um in game, I used to just like just a left to right, like Iverson days, right? Like crossover Kobe, you know, the wide crossovers, just hang it right <laughs> yeah, out really there. Hang it out really there, hang so. it out there. That was kind of also my go-to. Um, my coaches <laughs> love that. That was, um, <laughs> but no, that was kind of, yeah, that was the other go-to that, yeah, it's not like I'm putting my signature on it or whatever, but it was one of my favorites. Um, yeah, I probably wish I had a step back. I never had a step back. It wasn't huge. You know, that was, people were doing them, but it wasn't like all the shots off the bounce and stuff wasn't, you know, this wasn't as um, kind of accepted back then, really. Like, you kind of catch and shoot, you come off screens, that kind of stuff. So the game was a little different. I feel so old saying the game was different when I played. I it's also like just your finished. position on the team, too. So, yeah. like, if the import was doing that, yeah, you good. probably wouldn't yeah. get yelled at. But if you were doing that when you were younger, you yeah. know, they'd probably be like, unless it goes in every time, you'd probably get yanked. <laughs> Are you using that as an excuse why you took I didn't. step back? No, no, no. I didn't shoot many step backs. Oh, I had some, but uh, it was mostly just catch and shoot, pick, pop. Keep it simple. Jab and shoot, balls. Jab, step and shoot. <laughs> yeah, jab, it's all he needed. Shoot, yeah, yeah. Was, balls was one of those guys though. Like when he he came out, like there wasn't many shooting bigs. Like now, it's like you got to have shooting bigs. There wasn't, you know, not that many bigs in the league at that time. Shot the ball, and so balls was like, I don't know, was it your first game or second game when you dropped a forty? And it was just second. like second game, second dropped game. a forty, and it was like I don't know, man, it must have made sixteen jumpers or something. They yeah, got yeah. like. Big guys sitting off in the yeah, key trying to help, you know. Like, who's this, you know, new kid from Michigan State? <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's just whack, whack, whack. And so, balls had a really before your time. Like now, shooting bigs, like you'd be shooting five man, you'd be in the NBA. I, I know. I probably wouldn't just, be doing this podcast. Oh, though. you're living in the wrong yeah. time. Oh yeah, I know. That's ahead of my ahead of, ahead of the game. Probably yeah. set the trend if I'm being honest. Like balls has <laughs> like set the trend for all the shooting bigs that have. I wouldn't have been great in the, the combine though. My stats, like my arm length and stats wouldn't have been great. All negatives? Yeah, could you yeah, get yeah. at least one one bench in more than KD? Oh, got? no, I could. The bench would have been okay, but the vertical leap was, um, it was, I was last every year at Michigan State. But it was two feet. I was a one foot jumper, you know? <laughs> Just like Reese over yeah, here. Exactly. Yeah, we had exactly. the same uh, 360 one handed uh, dunk. That we never did in games. Exactly. <laughs> you never pulled out a 360 one-handed dunk in a game? Not in a game. No, I had a few dunks, but nothing to write home about. So you had 40 in your second game. Were you, were you much of a talker? Reese? were you much of a talker on the court just to getting a bit of getting a bit of shit talking? Oh, not really. Like, I generally didn't start it, but, like, you know, you'd get that oh, but competitive you had to streak. It. No, like, and I wasn't going to finish it either, but if, I, if it started, you know, certain people, like, is there certain guys in the league that used to play against – you know, I remember one guy, there was a guy who played for Perth. I can't even remember his first name, Bailey. He was like 5'9", a little import, mm. and he just was like yappy. And so one game, I was at West Sydney at the time, and like he started talking, and I was like, yeah, and I just got into it. And we were like, we both got a tech at some point. We are talking to each other, yelling at each other, and I was playing okay. He was a better player than me and probably, I mean, they probably beat us, and he probably had more, so I didn't finish it at all. But I joined in, um, but it, it would take a bit to get me going. I wasn't going to start talking. It's one of those things that's always great when the boys are scrimmaging downstairs and you can see them getting into it and there, there might be a bit of, you know, a bit of argy-bargy and a bit of a bit of talk back and forth, but there's always that sort of competitive nature behind it and always a lot of respect behind it. It's not just talking for the sake of talking. Yeah, for sure. You know, the, at practice there's a lot of talk and, you know, guys get into it. But, um, yeah, there's, there's respect there. 
not always the case in games. There was, you know, times where there's guys you just flat out didn't like and just really talk to them. And, um, yeah, which is fun too. You know, that's that competitive element that, you know, we don't get anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> those are the things you miss. Like you, yeah. There's a lot of things you miss about playing, but like in your job, normal jobs, even if you're a basketball coach, you can't just start talking to somebody and then like physically like give them a forearm shiver into the chest and yeah. it's acceptable. Like that all goes away once you, once you retire. Are either of you willing to drop any names of the guys you love to talk at? I, I personally didn't do much talking either. I'm kind of like Reese as far as uh, every now and then you would if they started it. But physically, I would try to get under people's skin. But um, I found if I started talking, I didn't play as well. Yeah, definitely try and get under people's skin and, and make the physical battle. And guy, like one guy, we've talked about it since I've been here for the last five years. But like Chris was one of my favorite guys. You know, CG was like, he was so good that I was like, all right, I always guarded him. And he's so much better than me. So I'm just like, oh, well, what am I going to do? Just make this a skill game? No, I'm just going to annoy him. And, like, he passes and just tries to walk away. Well, I'm just going to jab him in the ribs and just, like, try and piss him off, you know? Yeah. And it goes one of two ways. Like, I did it one game and just annoyed him and annoyed him. And he missed a couple of shots. And I got, I've got a piece of his shot on the way up. I'm like, yeah, I've got him. And there's a semifinal series. And then the next one, I'm like, let me get him. I got, yeah, 36. You know, like, <laughs> he was pissed off. And it's like, so it can go either way with guys like that, you know? And, and usually they're going to give you 30, the good guys like him. But... I used to just love trying. Like it was, uh, yeah, it was funny when I first came to the team as a team manager and, you know, we hadn't really hung around. We didn't know each other at all. And he knew it was like, this guy used to elbow me and piss me off all the time and like <laughs> gave him 30s. And, you know, it was like, but obviously, you know, we're on the same team now and it's, uh, it's, it was all good. Squash the beef. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was a beef for him. Yeah. I was just some guy <laughs> that was hitting him. It was like me looking at like three or four guys around the league at that point point in my career like Jermaine Beale in Perth was another one you know like he was he was he don't remember my name I remember he was my matchup I was gonna take him I was gonna take Chris it was it was more me he was just that. like who's this Ryan Carter guy yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much pretty much well I hope we can get into a few more stories after the next break as we go into everyone's favorite segment Balls's favorite segment it's Fast Five with Balls want to stay up to date with everything happening in Melbourne United download the Melbourne United app today Filled with videos, audio and articles about your favourite team. It's the one-stop shop for everything Melbourne United. Download the Melbourne United app via the App Store on iOS or the Google Play Store on Android. And we're back on the Extra Pass podcast presented by Melbourne United. And it's time for everyone's favourite segment. It's Fast Five with Balls. Ready? This is Fast Five with Balls. Been waiting for this the whole time. Now we're on to the the fun stuff. They're hard hitting. So I hope you're ready. All right. Let's jump into it. Okay, so we've already talked a bit about your street ball, the legendary street ball status you have in Australia. Um, what streets did you hone your craft on? Did you, was there a specific street I name? Was so not a street. Acacia Court <laughs> was where I lived, where I grew up. I guess this whole street ball thing is like. <laughs> well, no, I, I was like does. one of the only guys that yeah, didn't exactly. play in the NBL the one year I took off when I went and played footy, and so they were trying to find high level guys yeah, that yeah. weren't playing at the time to play the and one mixtape yeah, team. Yeah. So. But but when I came to the team and had first met you, you had all the moves. Like you could do all the stuff that you see. Yeah, like it was that time. Like when yeah. you, if you were 18 and it was 2002. Yeah, but not everybody could do that. No, yeah. everyone wanted to, but yeah, yeah, did yeah. you at least get a cool like N1 nickname? Like, no, oh, oh my, what, who's, whose section is this? Is this fast five with Ben? That was my next question. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead and ask it. Go no, no, no. Go ahead. No, you no, can no, jump no, no. Go ahead, boys. You can cost me. All I just didn't know who. I just I didn't know if you also had a fast five. I'll just go ahead and mute my microphone. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> um, but that was my next question. What was your street ball name? 
this is just totally blanked. There was a guy, his name was Duke Tango, and he ran around on the court in the um in the M1 mixtape games with a microphone, like um giving people names or whatever. And he he like gave me a name in like the third game because I got cooking and was doing something. Something now, white. Yeah, but like white. that, it was pretty cool. But I can't remember what it oh, is. Oh no. This is like two thousand and four, I guess. Something but, white. What do you wish it was? Yeah, I don't Man, I don't know. Those guys had pretty cool names, but yeah, we jealous. That's we, really bad. Like, I get, you got to like add it in later. Like, yeah, we'll come put, back to put it. this back in. I'll go and look it up or something. Were you <laughs> jealous of D Mac? D Mac had the old Mister Excitement. Oh yeah, D Mac. He was the guy. Like, and he, I'd had two years with D Mac, and he was like, he was on the actual one mixtape from New York, like the original. He was on the Rucker Park one, and so playing with him, he had all that stuff, and so he copied D Mac all the time. Yeah. All right. Now we got um. Oh, yeah. So you mentioned you were on the streetball tour, like the actual streetball tour that came over. And just, I mean, see here. I don't know how many people listening would have been. Probably. I mean, you can still find on YouTube and stuff. But at one point around that time, the streetball, like, mixtapes were a huge deal. Like, everybody passed them around. Like, everybody's trying to do those moves. What was it like to be on the and one? You probably have some stories from there. Like, on they're traveling yeah. around, the, you know, the country with those guys and playing those games. Yeah. No, it was wild. Like, it was like, you know, The Professor and, like, mm. Alimo and AO and all these guys. Like, and so, yeah, we went Brisbane, Sydney, Perth, Melbourne, I think was the tour. Um, and, like, packed gyms. Like, at the time, the Melbourne Tigers, I believe, were playing out of the cage, like, 3,000 seats or whatever. We played Rod Laver Arena with 16,000 people to come and watch us play Jeez, against the M1 mixtape team. It's the biggest crowd I've ever played in front of in Australia. <laughs> like, it's it's unbelievable. Brisbane Entertainment Centre packed, Sydney, the old entertainment centre, seven, 8,000, whatever. Like, this thing was, like, it was huge. And the Sydney game was, like, it was, it was like, the Globetrotters, like it was like somewhat rigged, but it wasn't like we were the, not supposed to be as good as them, but like we were a couple of fringe NBL guys. Like I said, I was that year off playing footy and, and kind of got on this team and like um, we were decent, a couple of imports and we were beating them and it was like two minutes left and it started to be like some shady calls from the refs. It wasn't <laughs> supposed to be rigged, but I think they just got the feeling like, oh, I don't know if these guys are supposed to lose. You yeah, know what no, I mean? You don't want, and yeah, so don't like want it was lose. like, we're up by like two. It was like, yeah, it was a... Uh, it was a cool experience though. Like just every single game, there was an after party at the biggest club in town. You know, it was like the parties were like epic. These guys walked around like they, you know, they were superstars and we were in that roped off section with it. We were just the guys on the court with them, but it was a good time. It was a really good time. And in the games, how much of it, like you said, it's not, it's not rigged, but you have to know how to play. Like if they're, if an alley, you, you can see it like coming up, like you're not going to, you're not trying to take a charge on those guys. Or no, did they, they, did they yeah. mention that? Or you no, just they, they mentioned like the, all the guys that had the, the handles, all the tricks moves, they're between your legs, rubbing around your head yeah. and stuff. The rules were, you got to be touch distance. Like I got to be able to touch your chest. Oh, okay. So you can't back. I can't just no back off. Cause I'm like a oh, professor. Yeah. You can't shoot. I'm standing two steps <laughs> off you, you know, like, so you had to be able to touch them. So then they're, you know, they're yeah, close they enough that they can drop yeah. it between your legs and all that. But we're trying to stop them. And like, it was a few times, like, yeah, you know, I guarded NBL guys for a couple of years. Like, I can guard good players, and these guys, like, their tricks were good. Yeah. Like, it was really good. It was like they were really tough. But then sometimes, if you just jump off and give them a bit of gap, they miss the shot at the end of it. But like, <laughs> um, yeah, they, they, were, they were pretty tough. The professor's still around doing stuff, doing streetball videos and taking yeah, people on one on one. Do you, who do you think you if you matched up with the professor now? Are you confident you'd get him? Get him on the skyhook, maybe. 
Oh yeah, even in that that Sydney game, like it, the other end of the floor, I wasn't doing any tricks, but I was going at him. I, that was my best game on tour. I dropped the bucket. I was just going at him as soon as I saw he was my matchup. So yeah, I mean, at the time, just basketball player. They weren't, you know, he was a kid that couldn't make it in college and wouldn't be a pro, but just the wild tricks. So yeah, he is still going. It is crazy. He's yeah. got to be. I I think he I actually know. I think he actually might be coming down to Melbourne soon. Really. Oh, rematch. Ooh. Set it up. No. Set it up. Let's go. <laughs> He'll definitely be here at Hoop City. Okay. Uh, so in all your travels, you played on a lot of teams. Did you ever have a tougher preseason than Marty Clark, Adelaide 36ers? Uh, probably tied with my South Dragons, Brian Gorge. And oh, really? Yeah, 09. Like we went, and the difference was then with Gorge, like it was probably – Maybe maybe we did less like long not as long a day like Adelaide we had a year we were like Four three days. hours practice <laughs> like, quick lunch break balls that go to the library and draw some cartoons <laughs> and we'd just have some lunch and then come back and then you'd be shooting for an hour and then it'd be off to the gym you'd lift and the end of the lifting they put you on the footy field and you'd be doing sprints so like we'll finish at four thirty like a nine to four dead like training the whole time. Um, but yeah, when I was at the Dragons, we were doing similar, but we're probably like only one a day, but it was like three hours and a hard gym session. It was a big thing, but I was still playing back in my hometown, mm, Latrobe yeah. City, Big V, um, down in Gippsland where I, where I grew up. And so I'd go like finish that, Tuesday night practice, Thursday night practice, double header on a Saturday, Sunday on the weekend, and then roll in Monday morning, Gorge would be like, let's go, four hours on floor. <laughs> you know, like these days, you know, even our guys that are playing NBL 1, we give them a, a light Monday if they've had, you know, two games on the weekend, but Gord wasn't having it. He's like, no, you're, you're our ninth guy. You would just come in and just work. Like, too bad if you played two games on the weekend. You got to be ready. Got to be ready. Yeah. It worked. I had my best year that year, so I was, oh, I was fit. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> was fit for sure. Yeah, because we, because Mark, that was his first year and he had just come from the AIS, right? Mm. He thought we were all 18 year old kids, like literally four, four sessions a day. It was, um, it was rough, but we were in shape. I was looking good. Like we all were all like no body fat, no nothing. You couldn't, there's no way you could have body yeah. fat. And we were like four and two to start the yeah, season. Cause we, we were like in better shape than everyone. Game. We were rolling. Yeah. And then we fell off a cliff because we were all so <laughs> we all burnt out by like the fifth game. Uh, all right. Um, okay. What hometown are you from? Small hometown, right? Sale, Victoria, Gippsland. How many, how many people live there? It's like 12, 13,000 people. That's bigger Small-ish. than bigger than Bluffton, but not not very big. Uh, do you have a statue there or a street named after you? <laughs> no, like my my like small statue is hidden behind the big statue of Matt Smith, who's also from San. Oh, no, no, guy, no, Matty your Smith, statue how, how needs to be bigger than Matt Smith. <laughs> no, my God, Matty. No, no, we got a few footy players that were just bigger yeah, than me, say, so so I but, I'm no chance. So ath- athlete wise, there'd be a couple footy players that would be. Yeah, well, Scotty Pendlebury Pen- goes yeah. okay. He's like a. Yeah, yeah, just I've heard of him. Um, he's yeah. a bowler as well. Yeah, I know he can play too. Yeah, yeah. Really? Did you hear? Yes. Yeah, yeah, do you hear he has a basketball background? No way. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> you never heard that? They talk about it on every single. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But basketball wise, did you be the anyone else? Big uh, yeah, big Matty Smith that played with us at the Giants had a little NBL career and and that's it. The Shot next, blocker. Yeah, he was he was all right. He led the country in college <laughs> in, in America. He led the country Where in was block he shots. I don't know. Division. It was division. Fairfield school, in Connecticut. Yeah, small D1 like school. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. So it was me and him. That's that's all that's made the NBL uh, from our little town. We'll work on the statue. Maybe get a, like a donation box. Uh, you know what? I, they did have somehow, they, I think 
one of them got one of my jerseys from the Breakers when I was with Dino. Yeah. We won it and I signed it and they end up framing it and put it in the hallway when you walk into the stadium. That's nice. That's, that's very good. special. That's that close, good. right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. That's not, respect. They're not naming yeah. the arena yeah. after me, but at least- Maybe yeah. the court. You sign the court. Like yeah, surely you get like the, Not the show court, maybe like the third court <laughs> is the Reese Carter court. Hey, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. All right, now, so last question. Um, so you've you played forever. Yep. You got straight into coaching pretty much. It wasn't necessarily like you didn't plan on it. You know, you just kind of, uh, there was your opportunity and now you're still coaching. You coach a lot, a lot of different teams all over the place. Busy man. What are the similarities? Because I would, th is there many similarities to coaching as, the, as there was in playing? It may sound like a dumb question, but. No, like, uh, I mean, there is. Obviously, it's like, um, you got to have the same kind of mindset, like we, you, you know, you, whatever you got to do to win. Like, and as a player, like for me, um, you know, I was never the best player, so it was like just figuring out the little things, whatever mm -hmm. you got to do to to help the team win, to be effective, to try and just help. And so when I started out um, coaching, um, and I'm still obviously like fourth year in to coaching, still so far from the most talented, most knowledgeable coach out there. So same thing. I got like, what can I do? Like, you got to just find a way to help the team and just find a way to. Um, you know, make everyone better and, and uh, make the team better. So, where you know, it used to be just like out there scrapping and annoying their best player or, you know, trying to hustle and do different – hit some shots when you're open. Now it's like, all right, I got to, you know, do a bit of extra research on the opposition, the video, come up with something or just, um, you know, put in the hours. Like you're out there working on your game when you're a player and you got to just do the extras, do the extras well. It's like, you know, it's the same thing as a coach. You want the team and you want other people to do well, but you got to do the extras. You know, Joe – Joe for the, you know, the three years he was here, it was like, he, he, you know, Sunday morning, Hey, can you come in? It's like, yeah, let's go. All right. You know, days off, whatever it is, it's um, finding a way to help the team and, and make the team better. But um, obviously differences in that. Yeah. It's, you know, when I was older as a player, I took pride in helping young guys, you know, like I love just like giving tips and taking young guys under my wing and trying to help. So that was where I was like, Oh, maybe, you know, coaching is something for me towards the end of my career. Cause I'm, just leaning to that just i just found it fun you know and so now that's um you know a bigger part of the role obviously um just helping guys get better and and trying to just see ways that you can help them and you know and help guys get better and help guys grow and as individuals and then put that into the team setting as well and and help plug individual skills into a, a team environment and make it work make it click like i love the um that that kind of psychological and mental side of it i love you know seeing guys, you know, down on confidence and being able to help them and just talk to them and, mm -hmm. and, and, um, yeah, really enjoy that side of it. So that's transferred from the end of my career, I guess, to start of my coaching career. It's a good answer. Like, you know, the playing group and the coaching group, they're all trying to achieve the same goal, but at vastly different, um, ways, I guess, or different, you know, yep. player and coaches. I don't know. It's just, it, it sounds like a dumb question, but there's so many differences to, to both those things. Oh Yeah. From your time spent with balls, do you think he would have made a good coach? Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Say that. He's not going to say no, right? No, I'm yeah, like, balls. Oh, he'd he be terrible. No, <laughs> no. He was a smart player. Like he knows, uh, he knows the game. Um, and like a lot of coaching, you you know, if you know the game and you're willing to go and do the work, like for me, it's been you know, getting into coaching kind of you know recently. I haven't been doing it that long. It's just like there's so much just about you know willing to learn and willing to like do extra video willing to study more and just like, like I go to a guy, you know, we got Chris on our team, right? Am I really going to be like, Hey, your, your shot needs to have your elbow and you need to, I'm not like, I can't, 
you know, I think he may have a better basketball brain than me. I'm not going to just be like stand there and tell it's like, hey, I've watched seven hours of this team play and you've probably seen the short clips we put together. Like this is what I'm seeing. This is whatever. Go and use your knowledge and your reads and your whatever mm -hmm. to, to you know, beat that basically. It's just sharing your knowledge and doing more. And, and so Balls, you know, has a great understanding of the game. You know, he was a good teammate, cared about people and helped people and was a good communicator. So, you know willing to work you can be can be a good coach so this time i heard you did a great job in the big video with the Maccabi. The oh yeah 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 well i mean you gotta have well, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna make excuses right away um the the coaching that i do i, I do coach at lower levels uh and every time i coach i think yeah, yeah i'm not really a coach you know like i love basketball i love being around it love the game there are things with coaching that I'm really good at, and then there's another side of it that I'm not good at and don't put the time in. And that's yeah. how I know I don't really want to be a coach. It's like, you know, the the planning and the X's and O's and the scouting and stuff is is not for me. So, you know. There I, you go. If in, you don't want to do that stuff, then then no, he's not going to be a good coach. Unless you need to do that a job. Do you need someone on your staff to just like hang around and just like, you know, keep keep the more the morale up. Yeah, just good vibes. Yeah, yeah, the vibes, the vibes guy. Melbourne United vibes coordinator, <laughs> Adam Ballinger. Well, Reese, it's been so good to have you on. It's, uh, I, I think everyone around the club, Balls and I included, are just so excited to see what happens. It's been amazing to see training camp this week. Um, and yeah, thanks so much for coming on the podcast this week. Thanks for having me. Finally, I had to wait like five or six episodes. <laughs> We've like, been waiting I'm on in. you. We've Let's been waiting go. on you. Thank you. No, we you, we had to work out the kinks. We didn't want to get you in first and then we're just fumbling well, over things. He's and then, busy. then you think we're not professional. He's busy. Yeah. He's yeah. not just here. He's all over the place. So it's hard to get him. And we worked to this and now the perfect episode. Yeah. So I know. here we are. Yeah. Perfect episode. I like the sound <laughs> of that. That's what I'm, instead of just saying like episode six, Reese Carter, I might just put the perfect episode. That means we have to stop. Where do we go from here <laughs> if we got a perfect episode? Well, where we're going from here is next week, we've actually got a very special guest Jack White, NBA champion, coming on the podcast. So if you've got any mailbag questions for Jack White, send them through to media at melbourneutd.com.au. But for now, thanks so much for coming in, Reese. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, good luck for the good luck for the Sabres and good luck for the rest of the coaching this preseason. Thanks for having me, boys.